This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I am joined again with an incredible youth worker named Mike Rollins. Mike, um, for those people who didn't listen to the last podcast, tell us uh, who you are, where you serve. Yeah, I'm Mike. I serve at Christ United in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. And you you oversee youth oversee ministry? Youth ministry. Yeah, I guess I need to say I'm a youth minister. Right. Um, oversee um, youth ministry 6 through 12th grade, but I focus on high school. Awesome. So... That one answer makes me want to spend a whole podcast on youth ministry staffing structures because I'm a nerd. Mine's really confusing. Right. So we're not going to go to that. Instead, we are continuing our conversation about longevity in youth ministry. We talked last time about staying in youth ministry for the long haul. You've been in youth ministry for 14 years. Right. But I think the other conversation is staying at a single church for a long time. You've done that. Uh, you had eight years eight at years. one church, mm-hmm. and you were still employed at the Church of Mobile, Alabama. How long have you been at that church? Um, I've been there. I just finished my fourth summer. Right, so. fourth summer. So that's strong. You're already bucking the trend. The the kind of standard is three years. Right. So now I guess it's time for you to leave. Right. So. <laughs> No. Peace out. No, 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 not at all. So let's talk about staying at a, at a place for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like that's significantly challenging, but it's also uniquely rewarding. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit to what is the like particular good things that you experience in youth ministry when you've been there more than a, a year or two? Yeah. The cool thing is for the length of time that I was there, I got to see students all the way from sixth grade all the way through high school. So I got to see right. them grow up and mature. Mm-hmm. I think that's a unique thing that you, you don't get when you're only there a couple of years. You don't get to see who they mature into, who they grow into. That was a really cool thing. The youth group changes into different types of youth groups over the time. Like you get to do youth ministry right. different ways, um, which is kind of fun. When you're only there for three years, you spend your first year you know, honoring what the guy before you did mm-hmm. and then trying to build that youth ministry up the next two years. So you don't mm-hmm. really get the kind of Make it the youth ministry your own if you're only there a couple of years. Yeah, I think I hear you saying something I've also experienced is youth ministry is kind of cyclical. Right. Every three or four years, what used to work stops working. Right. And you have to sort of reimagine it every three or four years. And partially because three years ago, we didn't have kids calling an Uber to ride home. Right. 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 But like, so there's a real changes that happen in the way the culture runs. And what that means though is that like, if you're there, you actually have to manage that reimagining once or twice and, and live through it or, or be part of the team that's doing that. Right. And you miss out on that. Basically, if that statistic is right every three years, it's like basically right as it's time for it to be reimagined, you leave. Mm-hmm. You actually never pick up that skill. Right. Is that a valuable skill to have? Yeah, it's a valuable skill to have. It helps you, you know, reevaluate constantly and right. kind of reimagine constantly what could things be. Because, you know, sometimes you come up with an idea that you think is amazing and it's not amazing. Right. You know, and so <laughs> you have to kind of either pull out the youth ministry books on your shelf or right. kind of be able to reimagine that into something new that is amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Upside is 
getting to kind of see the youth ministry grow mm-hmm. and change. Um, and you said kind of seeing all of these milestones in one student's life or obviously right. multiple students' lives. Right. What else? What are the other sort of upsides to the longevity? And, I, and the reason I think it's important to say this is because if people haven't experienced that, mm-hmm. I think another reason that people leave youth ministry as a career path is if they don't stay long enough, they don't get the big payoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And so they think youth ministry isn't as rewarding as they had hoped maybe it's a career. Right. Yeah, I think I had one, and then you started talking, and I started listening to you. <laughs> now, you see, that's, that's the, problem. the problem. I don't need to listen to you. You don't listen. You just come up with the next thing you're going to say. Right, but I thought you were going to read. I don't know. <laughs> so you're going to have to stall a second, Jeremy. Well, I'll tell you one for me, like <laughs> okay. ba- being in places for a long time. For me, one of the things that you get to do is students that you have poured into, you get to serve alongside later. Yeah, definitely. As young adults or adults, right? The longer you are, the older those students <laughs> become. One of the funnest things that I got to do was hire one of my youth to come work on staff at the church uh, on the team that I was leading. And I don't know, there was something really rewarding about that, mm-hmm. you know, like a big payoff. And there's something about that, like looking over, you're alongside this person that you like really helped through the awkwardness of adolescence, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something really cool about that. I don't know. That is cool. I think another payoff is it ends up being more work, Mm -hmm. but you get seen in a light of not just the normal youth pastor. Right. And so you get asked into all these other meetings and all these other planning things where you can help envision things for the whole church and help shape the whole church, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Um, If you're there a couple years then most likely that wouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, your whole life is just, when you first get there, is just figuring out what's going on right. and where where are the broken parts. And it takes you several years to mm-hmm. get to a place where you can feel like you're above water enough to say, hey, can I be on the worship planning team? Right, yeah. Right? Even though it's going to take four hours out of your life mm-hmm. every week. Maybe once a month. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got that payoff. Any Any other kind of big ones? What about with volunteers? Because that's another oh, yeah, side yeah. of the ministry. We've talked about students. Yeah. You get huge. Volunteers start to love you, start to know exactly how you work, and they have your back. Like once they know that you're there for the long haul, they're not pushing back on, on, on as much stuff. Right. Or it doesn't, at least to us, it doesn't feel like pushback. Right. I think sometimes volunteers, when they give us criticism, mm-hmm. we feel like it's all negative, but it's really, I think they care about the ministry. Right, right. And uh, But we see it as it's, they're critiquing us instead of trying to help the ministry. Unless they're completely unhinged, which there are there those are. volunteers. Of course, there's none in your current ministry. I meant in other places at other times, right? Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, there are crazy volunteers that you just gotta, at some point, you gotta fire them. Right. Uh, that's another whole podcast. But I, I think that's one of my favorite things about the long term is he's like, it's so much easier to do ministry when I know the person to call to build something out of wood. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I don't have to find that person. Or, like, I know never to allow this person to lead a small group. They are so great at playing games, but mm-hmm. they have no business as a small group leader. Right. You know what I'm saying? To know them. Because a lot of times people will say yes if you ask them to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Even if they may know that they're not that good at it, they want to be a team player. Mm-hmm. But to know just not to ask them to, to right. do that. Or they'll say, like, I'll do anything you need me to do. Mm-hmm. 
which is nice, but right. then knowing exactly what they're good at is what you need to know. And you know, like the, the there are some like workaholic volunteers. Right. They're going to keep doing stuff, and at some point they're going to burn out. They're going to need to take a break, and then you come back. Right. Right. You know who those people are, and they've taken a break, and now they're ready to be a workaholic for you again. All right. Hopefully now everybody's ready to stay at their church for a long time. <laughs> How do you do it? I, I didn't do everything right, but you show initiative. You show that you care about the students. You care about the church. And you just don't burn yourself out and love the church, love the students. What are the kind of hurdles that you come up on, things that kind of are the force pushing against you staying a long mm-hmm. time? For me, one of the big ones was I, w- I was hired as an intern first. Right, right. And so at that church, being known as an intern for so long when right. I wasn't an intern any longer and still having that label and people looking at me at that way. Yeah. And so that was a, that's a big hurdle. What did you do about that? Because that's a real thing. Yeah. I was hired in the church that I'm serving now. I was hired as the middle school minister. Mm-hmm. And 10 years into this church, there were people who still called me middle school minister, mm-hmm. which it is a badge of honor, and I accepted it, and I didn't even correct them. But I was doing way more and responsible for way more than just the middle school ministry 10 years later. How do you how do you do that? Because like people imagine, especially as an intern, when you came right. in with no experience, you did stupid things. You made oh, dumb yeah. mistakes. Right. And people, if they're thinking of you as that person... They're still expecting you to do dumb mistakes and stuff. Yeah. Right. What did you What did you do to counteract that? Yeah. I first changed my email from Mike the intern. <laughs> That's good. That's <laughs> that was step one. Um, did you and, call it like... Mike, the youth pastor? Yes. And then you have to personally act different, too. Mm-hmm. If you're still acting, doing the same old things that you were doing as an intern, acting the same way, people are going to still portray you as that. Yep. They're still going to see you in that light. You know, I also kindly uh, corrected them. Yeah, I was. I'm not I'm not the intern anymore. I'm now doing this. You know, there's some that have never stuck, but <laughs> right. it just, that's, that is what it is. And you can't take it to heart. I mean, you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think one thing that can help as well in that particular situation if you come in super young super green Mm -hmm. you can change the way you dress yes and that can really help shorts t-shirts and flip-flops right it's fine you're the intern it's not a big deal ain't nobody care right but once you're for reals on staff dressing like the other adults that are around yeah it starts to make people's kind of perceptions change yeah for sure What's another kind of hurdle to long-term that makes you at some point say, mm, I think I might leave, but you pushed through, I guess. Right. What I pushed through was I worked with other youth ministers and having to learn different ways of doing youth ministry. Right. Because nobody does it the same. Right. And so I had to, when I was learning, I had to figure that out. I didn't know that. I figured yeah. every youth ministry was the exact same because I was green. I had to figure out that not everybody does it the same way, and that's okay. Being flexible, if you have new people coming on your team, kind of be flexible for what their right. experiences were before and what they're bringing to the table, all of that stuff. This isn't really a hurdle, but one thing that helped was being able to be relatable across the board from jocks to nerds to all right. of that stuff right. helps because if you're only catering the one demographic of teens, mm-hmm. then you're going to burn out on them. There's only a certain amount of nerds in the world. Right. right, oh yeah, yeah. And so, I think that helped energize me by being able to not have the same conversations about Pokemon every Sunday yeah, night. Right, yeah. So, unless you are the senior pastor mm-hmm. of a church, and you kind of are sticking it out long term, it means that you're going to be being supervised by people who have been there shorter than you have. Mm-hmm. You've been there for seven years, and they've been there for one year. That's a, a different relational dynamic. You will hold the cards with a lot of volunteers and all kinds of organizational mm-hmm. knowledge that they just don't. Right. 
How do you deal with that? Because, again, that makes you feel like, well, shouldn't I be doing that job? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like, well, maybe I just should go. Right. I think with that is you always have to talk up that supervisor who's yep. new. But then also you kind of have to help. What do you them. mean talk up? What do you mean? Like a volunteer comes up to you kind of bad-mouthing them. You have to kind of flip it to positive, you know, kind of spin it. You never talk bad to a volunteer about them mm-hmm. uh, or the students. Always try to make them as welcome as they can into the youth group, mm-hmm. into the church. I think that's what, what that would be. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have to help them th- along the way because... You already have the buy-in with the volunteers. Right. They're already on your side, but you have to help them be on that person's side because they're going to meet them just as much as you. Right. <laughs> you know. What do you do kind of internally in your own mind to not sort of look down on them is my sort of go-to, like, mm-hmm. Ugh, they don't do anything. Right. Right. What, how do you do that? That's the easy way to go for sure. It's right. like they don't do anything looking down. But I think it, you have to find the positive things that they do and praise them for that. Yeah. You know, privately and publicly. Yeah. Because I think, you know, somebody did an awesome job with a retreat, you know, mm-hmm. just letting mm-hmm. them know that. And you verbally saying it helps you too, mm-hmm. as well as it helps them. Yeah. And I think the other thing is I can almost always tell whether or not a new staff person is going to gel well or not with different people mm-hmm. as to who they end up building relationships with. So if you don't build a relationship with somebody in a limited sense, even outside of church. You don't have to be their friend. Right. Right? But if they like movies, maybe going to see a movie with them or inviting them over to meet your family, to have dinner at your house or developing a, a relationship with them, getting to know them mm-hmm. outside of this one professional setting right. is super helpful and it helps you think of them as a human being it's and person, not, just not just a co-worker. Right. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I've worked with people who I just can't be friends with. Yeah. We're not going to be friends but I can be professional friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? And adding that dynamic helps me deal with whether or not I think you know we're both at the same level. Right. right. All right. Last pro tip for staying at a church for long haul. For me, it was making it your home church. Mm-hmm. You know. There you go. Going to worship on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Not just doing your job, but for you to actually love the church for what it is. Yeah. Find a place outside, like a your small group or uh-huh. something that you can do that's not student ministry wise, and then that that helps you go the long haul because yeah. you you aren't just focused on your job, you're taking care of yourself as well. Yeah. My last little pro tip is don't be worried about looking at other jobs. Right. That always helped me. Oh yeah. I look at another job and be like, it's amazing, mm-hmm. and everything that I'm at sucks. Right. But as I look at it more, it's like, well, you know, it's not that great. Like, I've got way more going on here. There was always the ability that, like, I could get another job if I right. wanted to. And it helped me say, you know, I've now chosen this place mm-hmm. again. Some people, that's not always the same. That's not always the best advice, but for me, that helped. Yeah, that helps me, too. And also, it helps me, because I plan about a year out, so it helps me mm-hmm. get re-excited about the things. Yep. And I'm like, well, I don't want to leave because then I want to experience that. You know, I have all this going on. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for another podcast. And I want to thank everybody who's listening for joining us again on the Youth Worker Collective podcast. When you get online to work, we don't want you to feel like you have to do youth ministry alone. That's why we do all the stuff that we do, offering games, ideas, lessons, resources, podcasts like this one. We want you to know we've got your back in youth ministry. You can find all of those resources at youthworkercollective.com and more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast. (laughs) 